All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Rolling through Tuesday afternoon. Jason Greger show presented by playalberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where... All the revenues stay right here in the province. So that uh, road construction that you're stuck at right now, if you lose, you'll be helping it speed up. Just think of it that way. Always try to find the positive. PlayAlberta.ca. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Sean Brown, Connor Halley, uh, along for the afternoon. I got a lot of texts coming in. Hey, guys, I'm not watching. I'm just curious what's up with the Jays. Uh, well, again, if anybody's... Uh, Recorded now. I don't know. You know, if you're recording, you're listening to a sports station. You're like, we're a we're a live sports radio show. We're going to be talking about live sports. So don't get upset if we talk about the game because it's happening right now. We're watching it. So that's kind of what we do. So um, the uh, J- trust me. If you are going to go home and watch it, you could just fast forward through the first four innings because you might not like it unless you're a Twins fan. And really, you basically, you watch uh, uh, Lewis's at bats because basically that's been the whole game. He's had two at bats. He's hit a two run shot. And he said a solo shot. There's only one other hit uh, for Minnesota in the game. And the uh, Jays, uh, they came close. Uh, they finally got some hits. They got three hits now. Um, they did have Bichette thrown out at the plate. as um, There was an infield grounder, third baseman went by him. And then the ball's kind of there. And so Bichette, aggressive. There's two outs. He's like, I'm going for it. He rounds third base. Shortstop wheels over. Picks the ball up and kind of gets him out by a good six, eight feet. So uh, I, I think good defensive read by the twins on that play and i you know what i don't know on, on bichette i don't think it's a a bad play necessarily but he got thrown out by quite a bit 
So I think maybe you can say he was a tad too aggressive. Yeah, he was uh, told to stop. By oh, third he was. Coach. Oh, yeah, okay. very I didn't, clearly. I didn't say okay. Yeah, they that. showed an alternate angle, oh, and it was geez. he got the sign to stop, and he just ran right through it. Wow. You know what? Then I'm sorry, you can't make that error. In the like, you don't have to be the hero, right? So I, you know what? I could see if he'd have been thrown out, Connor, and it was a bang bang play, then I'd be like, okay. But if they gave him the sign to stop. And if you watch the replay, he's thrown up by a good at least six feet, right? Like that wasn't very close at home plate. Yeah, so I mean, good. under the circumstances, you know, if if it was closer, you could give him some credit for trying to make a play, but you would have had the bases loaded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was just... And then there's so much that can happen, right? Yeah. Wild yeah. pitch, who knows? So, yeah, that's not great. Not great at all. So we'll see, uh, see what happens. Brown, are you a baseball guy? I love baseball. Yeah, I uh, I didn't get a chance to watch too much of the Jays this year. When I did go back home, my wife and I went to a game. Um, I, I was kind of hoping and expecting the Jays to do a little bit better. I thought, you know, teams that sometimes struggle come down the stretch and kind of just barely get in there. Sometimes that kind of galvanizes them. And they, you know, they definitely have the players with Guerrero and Bo, um, you know, to, to make a little bit of some noise, I think, you know, with some of their pitching as well. So a little disappointing watching, you know, uh, Connor screen over there, but there's still time. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, it's not ideal for sure. We got a lot of text flying in at uh, ten twelve sixty on the Edmonton orders. Uh, if you missed it today, Borgo uh, sent to uh, Bakersfield. Hamlin and Seth Griffith have been put on uh, waivers. If they clear, then they will go down to Bakersfield. I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, that both of them will clear. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on if, and this is a big if, but. You know, Ryan McLeod hasn't played a preseason game. He's not he's not skating with the main group yet. So um, they got two preseason games. I guess he could skate with the main group on Thursday and play Friday if if need be. Uh, I've been told that, you know, he has been, you know, they think it's progressing exactly how they like. So that's good. But let's just say hypothetically um, he wasn't ready. Would you play Dylan Holloway at the third line center for a game? Absolutely. Yeah, I think Dylan Holloway's had a really good camp. Um, what I like about him is, you know, he's playing a lot of minutes right now, but obviously that's going to change during the regular season. But what he's shown me is the fact that he's going to grind, get in on the forecheck and play a little bit greasy to buy some time for him, you know, through injuries or different opportunities to, to try and play the way maybe he's going to be able to play with in years to come. But um, you can't deny that he hasn't had a camp where he's shown well, um, showed a lot of different sides to his game. And you know what? Training camp's important for rookies and veterans, and it's important to get in to get your timing, to get your confidence. Like we talked about Jack Campbell. Well, everyone needs that, right? And so without him getting any games and any practice time and any touches, right, his timing and just his conditioning on overall is going to be going to need some time to get up. And this is why, you know, the Oilers need that depth, right, so that it's not – such a rush when someone is out we can kind of ease them or they can kind of ease them into it uh and they got guys that are gonna you know they're not gonna miss a step throughout their lineup and then that competition keeps everyone on edge you mentioned earlier how it's so different from the preseason to the nhl regular season and as a veteran guy you kind of understand that later on so what would you use the preseason for ultimately is it just feeling comfortable touching the puck you know the orders now they're they're doing some systematic changes for, for them a little bit and, and how they're going to play defense. Also, the 1-1-3 in the neutral zone. 
So I guess you, you get that habit of just doing it. But outside of system play, if you were just looking at it from an individual perspective, your defenseman, what were you using the preseason for? Yeah, just to get your confidence in your timing. I don't think that it, you know, everybody, I mean, everyone is so competitive and wants to start the season and put their best foot forward um, mentally uh, is the biggest part and reason why you want to have a good good start to a season. But um, for myself, it was just the timing and feeling comfortable with all the reads, um, feeling good on my skates, feeling good going back under pressure with pucks and making all those decisions. Uh, you know, it's been a while, you know, these guys, you know, get away from it, obviously, in the summertime. And probably a lot of their training is geared towards, you know, individual skill specific stuff. So when you get into a five man unit where you got to make all those reads and fast, um, you know, it takes a little bit of time. And, you know, I think that's uh, something every veter- uh, veteran getting into training camp looks to try and build on and get that comfort back. Just that whole environment of just even the preparation and all the butterflies and, you know, what it takes to perform every game. Like just, you know, when you get away from it in the summer, um, it's a different feeling when you get into the dress room and, you know, it's you got to get your routine and your pattern down and you're just your whole mindset of its season you know the season's coming up and there's certain everyone has a certain routine that they do to give them the best chance to perform so there's that part of it too do you ever use the preseason to get in fighting mode um (laughs) (laughs) where you're like you know what i just i just need to know and i can still take a punch here let's just drop the mitts or were you just like god i hate fighting the preseason i don't think fighting you're allowed to really pick and choose (laughs) (laughs) you know like I mean, it was always, I mean, it's a different game back then too, yeah. right? Because obviously certain teams would bring in certain guys just for that reason. Oh, yeah. Right. And then so, you're probably like, God, don't me. Because I'm assuming, like, when you played the home games in the preseason, the road team would bring in a lot of the more physical guys. Oh, yeah. 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 It was all, you're always like, the American League is such a hard league to play in. Like, it's so much different than the NHL because it's faster. Um, there's so much more to the game, but in, in the American league, I could not get over how every night there was three or four tough guys that were just licking their lips to get at you and just looking for an opportunity to get to the next level, yeah. you know, and it was funny in warm up because you'd be warming up and <laughs> you'd look over, you'd just get on the ice and you'd see guys glistening with a Vaseline. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and that, that was the time too, where they had these leather, you know, leather donkey straps, yeah. you know, on their bucket. And, you know, you, you knew those guys meant business, right? And there was always a couple of them on every team. And, of course, they're skating a the red line, right, eyeballing everyone, looking, you know, sniffing around, seeing who's interested and stuff. So, yeah, the, the American League, a lot more guys, um, but definitely preseason. I think every team at one point was bringing in guys just for that role. Who are some of the tougher American League guys who never went to the NHL? That you're like, man, that guy was tough. No one really talked about him because he didn't play in the NHL, but he was tough as nails in the A. Um, there was quite a few. There, I think some guys got, you know, Steve McLaren got some games with, I know, St. Louis. I right. played against him in, uh, when he was in the Peoria. OH, well, in the OHL, oh, okay. I played against them. And they had, North Bay had a really, really Tough team and tough guys kind of went through there. Dennis Bombie, an old oiler. Oh, geez. He yeah. played the men- Dennis the Menace. Yeah, man. so I came in the league and there was a ton of stories about him. So he left and then they picked up the Steve McLaren and he was just a nail gun. Um, and he had uh, quite the uh, minor league career as far as fighting. And like I said, he got some games with St. Louis. Um, 
Freddie Oduya was another tough guy. He was in uh, Kentucky. Uh, he was really, really tough. I think he was a Swede. Um, really? Yeah, he played. I played against him in the OHL too. Um, yeah, I mean the list could go. Frankie Bialois. Oh, uh, we had that. We had Frank on uh, Story Time. Yeah, dude. That guy had some unbelievable yeah. stories for us. Well, I, I guess the biggest guy would be that Morasti. Yeah, John uh, Nasty Morasti. Yeah, yeah. Now he, because well, he was he didn't play against you though, because you were done by the time he played. Didn't yeah, you? I didn't play. Yeah, you didn't play. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, like thing about Morasti was he was like five ten. He wasn't that big, but you like I remember talking to guys who fought him. They're like. You really can't hurt him. His head was like a cinder block. He was kind of like Ty Domi in that sense, right? Like yeah. willing, tough, smart, fast. And you could pulverize him and it, it didn't matter. That's probably the biggest difference of, you know, from junior as you get up into pro and, and the true heavyweights, right? I, I talked to Brant Myers and a number of different guys about this. And those guys that you can hit as hard as you can possibly hit someone and they don't go away. And they're hanging in there. That's scary, and that's yeah. what separates the tough from the toughest. Yeah, right. They don't flinch, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, you give me your best, and I'll give you my best, and I'm not going anywhere." That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I am giving this guy. Like, I just landed two bombs, and this guy didn't even flinch. Oh my god! That's when you're like, tie him up, yeah. tie him Hold up. Hold on, look for banana peels. They're <laughs> slipping. <laughs> did that? Yeah. Did you ever? Were you ever in a fight where you felt that way, and you're just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just holding on now. Um. Oh yeah. There's times that you get hit, or it's just not the right situation. And no, no. Where you hit a guy, and you're like, oh. man, like I just popped him, and it didn't even flinch. Um, not really. I, there was a time it was fight. Remember Jim McKenzie? Oh, yeah. I remember fighting Jim McKenzie and trying to take his helmet off and not being able to move his head or his neck because he was so strong. And I was like, you know, obviously trying to get his helmet off. And I, at that moment, I thought I am in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, how old? How old were you then? Like you were still. Uh, I was, probably oh early. yeah, I was young. Like yeah, early twenties. Yeah, it was like early my first year. <laughs> You know, so yeah, there's, you know, it's not a good feeling. It's definitely not a good feeling when you're in a, in one of those situations. And if you have any thought like that, you know, you're, you're in trouble. Well, uh, when we return, Strud's on. Jason Strudwick will uh, join us. Him and Brownie actually uh, went at a pretty spirited tilt. Con man and I were watching it. So, well, uh, Struddy always has a unique memory about his fights. So uh, we'll see. Uh, he, he he had us believing for years that uh, Brian Sotheby had cheap shot at him, and that's what started their fight. And then we found footage of it, and that was not the case. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll find that we'll see what Struddy's memory is of fighting Sean Brown. When we return next, also, uh, Strutty's going to need a laugh or two because his Giants, oh my goodness. They were like they were trying to take off Jim McKenzie's helmet last night, Brownie. It wasn't happening. And they just took a butt kicking all day long. Their quarterback, Daniel, he was running for his life all game. 11 sacks. 11. Terrible. It's coming up next on the Jason Greger Show, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. <laughs> Man, wonder Strutty might have had to put this on loop last night. It's a sack rama Needed something to try to cheer him up. Oof. That was 
like when, when a team's getting beat that bad, when you start to have empathy for the team, that's when you know. Like, and that's like the worst feeling. I'm sure, and, and everybody at some point in their life has played on a team where you know the other team is now taking their foot off the gas. You're just like, oh, this is, I'd rather get my ass handed to me than have the other team feel pity for you. And last night, it was like, I don't know what it was, it was the eighth sack. I'm just like, oh, geez. Well, Danny Deuce, I'm starting to feel a little sorry for him. Then it was nine, and then it was 10 and 11. Woo. It's a tough one. Tough one for sure, as it's time for Struds On, brought to you by Action Electrical. Did you know? Federal government, uh, you can get a rebate of up to $5,600. Learn more at actionelectrical.net. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's a memory. That's what you remember, memories. Uh, There's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Struddy, how you doing? Well, it's a bit of a long night, buddy. A long evening when you're contemplating that game from your team. Eleven sacks, only ten because one was a receiver getting sacked. So I guess <laughs> still it makes it a little bit better, ten percent better. But still, wow, that was a hard one. Now we got Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo's trending in the right direction. I think we know what Miami's all about. That's a that's a pretty tough. It could be a really tough start for the old. Uh, Giants this year. Oh, yeah, trust me. My uh, Buffalo just flexed on Miami to say, "Hey, wait a sec, we're still pretty good, and uh, Miami is pretty good." So, oh my goodness, like I do. Uh, I, I, it's rare that I will say it's a hundred percent, but uh, I will say it's a hundred percent chance the uh, Giants are going to find themselves one and five uh, in a few weeks. Unfortunately for them, it's just you know they're not great. I don't even blame all on their uh, quarterback last night. I know we like to have fun with old Danny Deuce, but. Um, your old line, Struddy. My goodness, if uh, if they can't block soon, it's I don't care who the quarterback is. There, if you're running for your life on every second play, you got very little chance of success. Well, that's for sure. They're missing some guys to injury, but still, that's no excuse. So are the Seahawks. Everyone's got injuries, but it, it is it is tough, and it's just you know it's an ongoing issue. You know, they, everyone has their team they cheer for, and it's like they've never fixed an issue, right? It's just con- like whether it's a goalie in hockey or a first line center or a quarterback or offensive line like you just gotta address it just fix the problem and uh man i thought they had their last couple drafts but it doesn't look like it right now jason strutter from got your uh, back podcast uh, joins us strutter the uh, edmonton orders they are now two games away uh from the regular season uh calgary tomorrow seattle at home on wednesday uh jack campbell two starts He's been the first star in both games. He's been outstanding for the Edmonton Orders. Um, now, I'm not saying Jack Campbell. Obviously, he's not going to have a 971 save percentage all regular season, right? I don't even think he. I don't think he needs to be 920. Heck, I'm not even sure he needs to be 915. If he's 910, that's uh, really good. What do you make of Campbell? What's impressed you the most? Well, the first thing is just looking at him. He looks so much bigger. You know, last year at times it looked like he was wearing his little brother's shoulder pads or, or chest protector. Just looked very small. And now he looks not just wider, but he looks deeper. When I think of Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky looks like he has a sumo uh, wrestler body underneath his equipment. He's so deep. And now, you know, Jack Campbell just looks bigger. So whatever equipment changes or adjustments he made on the fly last year, he seems to have found something that 
at least aesthetically, looks a little more intimidating than what he was running last year. And then you couple that with, um, you know, a fresh start. I think getting a couple, some time in the playoffs was healthy for him to feel good about himself. Um, then he has the good offseason. Now he comes in here and he's, and he's playing well. He just looks calm. Um, it, it feels like he's in the right place to make the save rather than chasing saves. And, and there's a difference for goalies. That's probably not what they use for goalie terms. But I, I do think that he's, he's there before the shooter even knows that he's, he's in the way. So those two things to me are a big difference for him. And, man, if they can get that guy playing, um, you know, as, as he expects himself to play, uh, having a double-headed weapon at, at goalie will sure help. How important is it, Stretty? Obviously, Skinner having the year that he had last year was a great year. There's obviously in this league, there's no guarantee with the next season coming up. All signs are pointing that he's going to. But how important is it that him and Jack have uh, a great tandem this year for the Oilers? Well, I I think that Skinner ran out of juice towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. And he was playing well, and Jack had trouble kind of finding the game he wanted to play. So they had to continue to play Stu Skinner a ton. Um, If they can... You know, having a 1A, 1B, um, and, and, and you have each other push each other for those minutes. I think that's a really healthy thing because he'll have, Jay will have the ability uh, to just mix and match. You know, say, okay, well, you've played X number of games. Let's, let's get this other guy in here. Um, let's kind of manage each other's workload so that we're fresh hitting the playoffs. You know, getting a game 83, then you have to make a decision and then you have to figure out who the guy is. But I'd much rather have to choose against two guys who are playing well than one guy uh, who's, who's, who had a good year, but it was, was, I believe, very tired heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know what? He said he wasn't. No, I don't expect a player to ever admit that he was, but, um, you know, mentally, maybe more, more than anything that, than physically, as Jason Strudwick joins us. Um, Stratty, Philip Broberg last night, uh, you know, hey, I thought it was his best preseason game. Uh, you know, the pass on the board goal, uh, goal was very nice, but overall, I thought he played well. Now, I'm not lost on the fact that he also played the left side. And I know that some guys, and he's comfortable playing the right side, Stratty, but, you know, like, I think we have to have realistic expectations of Philip Broberg when he's in the lineup that most likely he's going to be on his wrong side. And he's just, it, the chances are lower of success when you play there. Well, he's, he's not a five-year NHL vet. You know, he's still trying to establish himself as an NHLer. Um, so now he's trying to figure out, you know, how do I play in the NHL? Now play on the right side? It's hard. Um, I, I think, actually, it's easier to defend when you're on the, you're offside. I, I like having my stick on the right side. And on, for a left winger to come down, I could just poke the puck away. I thought that was easier. But puck handling was a challenge. Although, if you pick the puck up out of the corner and you take it around your wheel, you're not coming around your forehand. So... There are some, definitely some side effects to playing your offside, but there are also some, a few benefits if you look hard enough. Um, but, you know, the, the goal you're talking about where he passed it for a goal, I believe that was just instinct. He just got it. He was skating around. He saw the player and he made the play. I think defensively he's still a little bit too robotic and worried about, you know, really where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Uh, you know, if you can skate like that, you can make up for maybe small mistakes by how well you can skate. And I'd like to see him you know, try to get rid of just overthinking defensively and let his skating ability take over. I'd actually show him tapes of the way Joe, Joe, uh, Jay Bowmeister used to, used to play and the way he skated because he reminds me a lot of him of the way he can cover so much ice so quickly. This is a question actually for both you and Gregor. Like now that the Oilers are trying some new systems, right, defensively and in the neutral zone, Having watched these preseason games, do you see, is this a style? Do you see this fitting for the team and making, you know, is it going to be better for them? I do think it will be. And this is why. I think that 
the style they're going to play, um, there's more layers to help, you know, un- un- unwind mistakes. Like in the neutral zone, if you go that 1-1-3, one, one, there's a lot of people behind those guys to try to help them. Before they played a 2-1-2, two, two, the guy would, two guys would jump up, they both got burned, now you got three guys back there, and, and sometimes D-men are flat-footed. Now you got three guys lined up across that blue line. Even if someone breaks wide on you, you still have the, the middle guy coming back or the false ID. So I think there's more layers. It's going to be harder. I think the goal is for it to be harder for the other team to create offense. Um, and I think that'll be, that, that's going to be accomplished specifically through the neutral zone. Straight up until the third period, the orders really hadn't scored much all preseason. Now, I know they, they haven't had all of their guys in, so that, but neither has the opposing team at all. It's clear that they've had a focus on the defensive side. They've talked from day one about how they want to be comfortable spending 20, 30 seconds in their own zone and, and not running around. And, and I have seen that at times. And if you look at the shot distance that the order goalies have faced, there's some games that they've had a lot of shots, but not a ton from inside. Now, Jack Campbell did have to make some key saves last night, no question. But when you look at their defensive structure, is passive better? Do you think they're are they going to be this passive or are they just trying to learn the system? And then when the regular season begins, it might not be as passive because guys are reacting, not, not so much thinking. Well, it's very clear. They want to protect the middle of the ice in their own zone. Yeah. You know, you can see like I, a lot of people call it, I'm not the only guy, but five on the die. You can see the five on the die, just sitting right in front of their goaltender. They're protecting that area very tightly. The puck goes in one of the corners that uh, that lead person goes, the center kind of fills that spot and they're protecting the middle. So I think what this system is they're trying to eliminate is like one, two, three, four, like great chances in a short, short burst. Your goalie has to be incredible. Yeah, other teams are going to get chances, right? The, the other teams are trying to score. But I think that this is a much more, it is more passive, but it's much more forgiving. That's the word I'm looking for. Much more forgiving style of play because there's always another layer that someone has to beat. You've obviously played a lot against the one-one-three. What's the best way to attack it? What do the what do the orders have to worry about that the one-one-three? How can it get exposed in the neutral zone? Well, I was actually elite at beating this with my hands and uh, skill. It was uh, mostly just take it and go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Brownie <laughs> wheeling up the ice. Uh, no, quite honestly, what you want to do is you want to get it going up the one side and then throw it back to your D partner, and he goes up the other side. Because you can be picture, you know, on the left team, I, I get it, I'm skating up and I break through my blue line. Well, I'm getting pressured by that F1 and F2. If I'm able to throw it back now to the middle where my guy's maybe at the top of the circles, he's going to have a ton of room now to get it up the other side. And now that guy will maybe be facing only one guy. And those, those two F1 and F2 can't swing by. So generally speaking, that's how you want to do it. It's, it requires quite a bit of skill and patience. But it can be very frustrating to get through it. Uh, the other option is to just get the puck up quick and not let them set up. That was probably my preference, but oftentimes that results in just uh, a chip pocket. Now you're forechecking. Now, Stretty, uh, Connor, uh, of course, who's uh, always uh, looking for uh, for different things, he noticed in the uh, 2002-2003 season when you were a member of the Chicago Blackhawks and Sean Brown was a member of the Boston Bruins, you two uh, dropped the mitts and, like, first shift of the game for you guys. It was like, you know, 49 seconds into the game. Now, I know you had told us why you fought Sotheby, allegedly. Do you remember why you and Brownie fought so early? <laughs> I've been meaning to ask him this. I've been meaning yeah, to ask sure. this as well. What did I do to yeah, you? I, 
I think that there's a lot of fighters on that team, and I figured let's just get it out of the way right away. Because wasn't there like you and PJ Stock and that monster from <laughs> o- Poland? O- Oliwa. <laughs> so he picked the weakest like, of the three. Yeah, he's like a hairless Sasquatch. <laughs> that one is like, uh, that's what it'd be like fighting Oliwa. So, I don't know, I picked the middle bear. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we have the fight actually uh, up, and I think we're playing it right now on our on our YouTube channel is, uh, for those of us who are watching the show as we go. Uh, Brownie, uh, Brownie can see it. Strutty, I don't think you can see it. Um, Brownie came out firing early, Brownie, and then uh, uh, Strutty caught you with a good little uppercut there. Well, he's a lefty, and he did catch me. I, like I said, I don't even know what I did. It was so early in the game. I was probably trying to smoke the peace pipe with him, have a little chat, and it looks like he <laughs> looked like he took my feet out from me there. Was like, hey, you know, you're in one here, bud. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely caught me with a couple there. Strutty's one of those. He, he's funny. Like even now when I see him, like Strutty's a really big guy. Yeah. Either I'm shrinking. Or something. But when I see him now at the alumni skates, I'm like, man, you are a big guy. Big and slow. Big and slow. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know what? Most of the time, I, I think for all my fights, there's very few I can remember why. I remember for sure Sotheby, that dirty player. <laughs> Fine elbow. Still, my ears ring. When, when, the, stro- when the clock strikes 7 a.m., my ears still ring because of that hit. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember why. I mean, there must have been something. Maybe, you know what? Brian Sutter probably got me all worked up. Better do something tonight, Strud, but gotta get after someone. So, like I said, you pick the, the least uh, in the middle poison instead of the, the weakest or the strongest. So, Strutty, when you went, because it was right off a of face off, so it wasn't like in the course of the game where something's going on. So, I know most guys have said they didn't love doing it right off the face off because they're like, well, sometimes I'm not even really mad. I'm just got, I got a fight. So, what would you say normally to a guy? Like, I, I, I know you weren't Lorac where you'd be like, hey, good luck. But um, what, do you recall what you would say right off the draw, so, like right off it? Or did you wait until the other guy said, okay, let's go, let's go? Or how, like, how did it work for you? I, I, don't see, I don't think I ever asked anyone to fight. But they knew when I skated up there, like it was happening. You know, like I think that you just, there's a posture, there's like a look you give the guy. And I, and I, and then this is going to sound crazy, but I thought it was intimidating when he didn't say anything. <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to be here and the guy's not sure. Is, does this guy want to fight or not? Like there's other guys that would be like, we're going, we're going. I, I still, I just maybe give him a nod. Uh, not that I was a killer or anything, but you got to have a little bit of gamemanship, right? Um, and like, yeah, it's, I remember Pat Quinn one time threw me out there. I guess I can't remember the big guy against Columbus and monster. I was a D man. All of a sudden he's like right wing. I'm like, what? I just skated out there. And, and on the left wing was this monster from Columbus. Jody Shelley. And, uh, no, no, no. That would have been, I probably would have pretend I hurt my groin on the way to that <laughs> fight. But uh, no, I forget who it was. But anyways, I, I line up and he, he wasn't sure. And I, I knew it was happening. He wasn't sure. And then the fight happens. I'm like, hey, we're doing this, right? And I kind of, I like that. Like, you, you got to have a little bit of gamesmanship. Like, the guys now, will never, they'll never have to, it'll never happen like that again. But uh, that's how I, I don't think I really ask guys very often. It was just a look or a body posture, right? I, and then, I think you'd agree, Stratty, that a lot, I didn't like to talk either, but you can tell by looking a guy in the eyes whether he wants to or not or how serious he is. Oh, yeah. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you knew. You knew, like... And then the worst part was when you, you didn't know a guy and then he'd ask him to like, you know, you, if the fight would start, he'd square off and you could see in their eyes, there was no fear. They're like, oh my God, I wonder what my eyes look like because I'm crapping my pants. <laughs> it's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. Oh my God. And it happens every now and then. Usually the other guy had a little bit of fear in his eyes, but sometimes like, I feel like Bob Probert, I never fought Bob Probert. 
and um, but I, I remember seeing him fight Brashear quite a bit. I was always around it, and his eyes were just dead. It was like he he did not care. Like he, he had the same look on his face as if like he was returning a VC a VCR tape to uh, Blockbuster. Like he did not care. It did. It was just like another another day for him in the life. Like that that's scary. That to me was really scary. Did you ever? Do you think there was ever a time? That your eyes would have showed you were scared going into a fight. Like, were oh. you were you ever scared of a fight? Like that you lined oh, up and you're my. like, oh my god. Well I, well, I fought George the Rock. I think Brown, you were there for that one. Yeah. I don't think anyone anyone who fought George who felt good about it was probably <laughs> there was something wrong with him because I remember he beat up our whole team. Everyone on our team he beat up, and it was my turn. And I'm like, oh god, yeah, I can do it. And they kept saying glass jaw, glass jaw. I'm like, <laughs> what? And so I go in there, and I I don't think I even touched him. And I was so so scared, but you know, you think you could win until the until he grabs you, and it's like uh, you know the strongest man in the world grabbing you, and you're just getting tossed around and punched at the same time. It's not fun, but yeah, George, I was scared. Eric Cairns, I was scared of him, and right, he beat me up pretty bad. Yeah, um, you know, usually the ones you you, you usually know when you're going to lose. Now, and that's when you're scared. What about <laughs> when you beat up Oliwa and then he wanted to fight you again later in the game? Uh, you know what? I was more. I was. I was a little bit scared the first time. The second time, I was just mad. I'm like, I already beat you. I shouldn't have to beat you again, right? <laughs> um, but then I, I kind of just gave him the old. Uh, I grabbed him and took him down. <laughs> I'm like, we're done. This isn't happening again. But uh, yeah, you know, you just—it's natural, man. It's natural oh, to feel yeah. some fear. Like anyone who says they're not scared or at least apprehensive. I mean, I don't. Yeah. They've got to be, there's something going on in their head that I'm not aware of. I remember the time we were in New York <clears throat> playing on the island there. We were playing, and uh, so I get in a fight with uh, Cairns, Eric, big Eric Cairns oh, there. Huge, and man. so, you know, another one of those guys that from a distance, you're like, okay, as you get closer, you're like, oh, no. This guy's huge. So he got, a, he got me out there and just drilled me in the draw. <clears throat> so I go off, and I'm in the penalty box, and I swear to God, I, I thought he cracked my head. And I'm like looking for, I'm rubbing my ear and I'm like, there's got to be blood coming out of my ear. There's nothing. It was, it was at the end of a period. So we go, I get off the ice and I go in the dress room and Marty McSorley comes into the trainer's room and he's like, Brownie, great job. Great job. But when you get out of the box, I want you to fight him again. And I want you to do this. And I'm like, Marty, I'm not fighting him again. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, no, no, you have to. And I'm like, Marty, you're crazy. You know, like there's, yeah, when you got to go in there for that second fight, especially if it doesn't go well, it's not, yeah, I was like, but that was Marty though. He was, yeah. obviously we all know Marty and the career he had, but man, that, uh, that was a bad feeling. <laughs> well, when he fought, I mean, when, you know, when he was in his career, Donald Brashear was kind of at the height of his power yeah. in Vancouver and, and Marty was in Edmonton. They were trying to, the owners are trying to find someone to slow down Brash. And Brash, he, he beat up Marty so bad. But Marty would keep coming back. And yeah. I'd be like, enough. <laughs> Fight me. Beat me up so you don't have to get beat up by Brashear. Like, it was, and I'm not saying this to mock Marty. Like, everyone has their high and low points, right? But Brash had his number. And, Brownie, you were there. You remember. Yeah. It was like, yeah. my God. Like, enough is enough. Like, but he would never stop. He'd keep going at him, keep going at him. But right? the worst part, Brash. though, was, Strud's was would, when Brash would beat him, he would wipe his hands and he would do certain <laughs> things that you just can't do to a warrior like that, right? Like, Marty has so much pride, right? And so he would do that, and that would just infuriate him and make it worse. Yeah. No, for sure. And I agree with that. And it was, yeah, it, it was just crazy. But it's funny how you had got those fighters that some guys could just manhandle one guy 
and then lose to a guy that that other person had already manhandled. Like, it's so weird. It's just... But I think it goes back to what you're saying, though. Like, it is a mental game. It's tough. Like, everyone, whoever says they don't have that fear, you know, is basically lying. It's just you're, you know, I think you just learn to manage it and deal with it. Right. Now, Stratty, what about Colton Orr? Do you think he had fear, or was he just one of those different wired guys? No, no, he 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 loved to fight. I mean, I, I Brownie probably remember this, but you go into a game and, oh, good news, uh, Probert and whatever Ryan Vandenbush aren't playing. I'd be cheering. I'm like, yay, yay! <laughs> you know, like I'd be so happy. I'd be skipping around the room, you know. <laughs> and then Cole Nor, we went in to play Minnesota one time, and and I think the uh, Bougard and Simon, I think they were both on team. They both weren't playing. He was so mad. He's like, I just got to fight somebody. I'm like, what, buddy? It's an off night. Let's have let's touch the puck tonight. Yeah. Make a couple plays. You know, like, just have some fun. But he loved to fight. He was just, and there are guys like that. And, and you see, I think, a lot in uh, MMA and boxing and such. But some people just are born to fight, and they love it. I mean, I did it, but I don't know if I loved it, man. That was crazy. Unless it was Chris Barch. That's the one time I saw Struddy really mad. That's still the one that stands oh, yeah. out to me when Struddy pushes his own guy, Stortini, out of the way just so he can fight him. <laughs> Another elbow. He gave me an elbow as well. <laughs> the elbow is really got me. Oh. Well, you know what? Especially starting for a guy like yourself who was, you know what, uh, um, very much a, a guy who was up for the Lady Bing most years. Very no, sportsmanlike, no, right? What? Very, no, no, no. You're a very sportsmanlike was, player. You never elbowed anybody. It was, no, it's true. I was an angel. But I'll tell you what, if I had, if I had been nominated, I would have declined the nomination. And no disrespect to the guys that win it, but I could not have that. I did not want that award at all. Uh, well, you were never up for it, Stratty, so that's the good news. Stratty, what about our alumni skates? How tough How tough of a group do we have for our alumni skates? Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's really scary. It, it, I still get a cold sweat. <laughs> you know, Louis DeBrusque jumping me and my just a rookie hockey night in Canada, him jumping me to beat me up for his buddies back home. Who else is out there? Matt Cassian's out there. Yeah. A lot of tough guys. A lot of tough guys. Luckily, we got Chris Joseph. Yeah. That makes it a little bit easier to yeah. speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Strutty, uh, next week we'll chat with you. It'll be the uh, eve of the Orders uh, season opener. Well, we'll find out. And one last one quickly. You're a defense when you're Matthias Ekholm. If you only get into one preseason game, you're nervous. And if he gets into none, would he play on opening night? I think so. Yeah, okay. he, he's good to bet that was a veteran. Okay. Honestly, I, honestly, by the end of my career, I won and I was good to go. Now, okay. I didn't have the skill or the power play that maybe it was required, like you know some of those guys. But honestly, I, I, I think one, I was good to go. Yeah, okay. you, you know how to play. All right. And you know if you're in shape or not. Yeah, okay. Strutty, have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See you then. Jason Strudwick. Strud's on. Brought to you by Action. Electrical will come back with uh, five questions and more on the Jason Greger Show, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Timeless. Timeless. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube. You can always get involved. You can text us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. And uh, right now, when you get a Platinum Penzo oil change, you will get the 50 bonus air miles. Book yours today at jiffyloopservice.ca. The uh, Jays, oh, they're hanging in. It is now uh, 3-1 to one for the uh, Minnesota Twins as uh, we sit in the uh, top of the sixth inning. And uh, Jays have uh, runners on uh, first and second with two outs. So 
They've started to get some base runners after uh, having nothing in the first three innings. So uh, slowly starting to uh, get the bats alive. See how it goes. Let's get to uh, five questions now. Brought to you by our good friends at The Brick. This week, when you buy more, you save more, you give more. Great deals like up to 40% off mattresses and all a portion of the proceeds will go to help the local Children's Hospital Foundation. Shop now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. Xavier Borgo scored two goals last night before being sent to the Condors today. So my question for you to start off, how many games will he play in an Oilers uniform this season? I think probably, you know, for me, it's probably eight to 12. I think if he's up at all, it's because someone's got hurt. I think, you know, him having his first year pro last year, he's got a little bit more to learn. Um you know, it's 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 a good it's a good spot for him to be. He's going to eat up a lot of minutes. He's going to be counted on. Uh, he's going to develop his game. But I, I would say eight to twelve games would be good for him. Yeah, I obviously it's going to be you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Injury base. So I will say, I'll say five to seven is how many games he gets. Excellent. Question number two. Uh, prediction time for this season. Last year, we saw five 50-goal scorers in the NHL. McDavid, Pasternak, Rantanen, Dreisaitl, and Point. How many will we see this year? I looked it up. Uh, what was there? There was, what, how many guys with eight guys, I think, had around 40 and around close to 50. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think in Matthews, there's going to be the, the usual suspects up there. Um I'm going to have to say probably McKinnon, probably, what's that, probably four, four or five? Well, David Pasternak, we'll see, doesn't have his centers, right? There's no Bergeron, there's no Krejci. That, that's tough sledding. Like, can Charlie Coyle feed him the biscuit regularly? That That's going to be a big challenge for him, no question. Um, 
I actually think Connor McDavid is going to become the first player in 30 years to have consecutive 60 goal seasons. The last guy to do that was Pavel Bury. There's actually only like eight guys ever who have had consecutive 60 goal seasons. So, you know, he's going to join pretty unique category. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl to do it uh, again wouldn't be a shock to me at all. Uh, I think Austin Matthews, as long as he's healthy, he'll score 50. I think... I will say six. I think Tage Thompson's going to score 50 goals this year. So I will say six. Question number three. Since we talked about the Anaheim Ducks with Alexis Downey earlier today, Vlad just got a hit. Uh, When do you think the Anaheim Ducks make their way back into the NHL playoffs? How long is it going to take? Oh, man. The Ducks, they're not that good. Um, (laughs) The Pacific Division is pretty good right now. So I'm going to say at least... During these three years of Trevor Zegers' contract, they do not make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think they just they need a little bit more grit, a little bit more experience, Zegers. Um, you know, I I think pick, picking up Gudis and having some of those veteran guys that can you know bring that emotion and that grit. But I I, I definitely feel like they're a little ways off here. Since we had Kerry Joseph on the show earlier today, and he played in NFL Europe, uh, played for the Monarchs and the Fire. Do you think the NFL would ever consider going back to Europe as a developmental league or in any capacity? Um, I'm not sure. I think with the CFL and then the NFL and ex-NFL, like how many players are there to go around? Is there enough? That's what, you know, I, I that would be, I guess, my concern. Yeah, like you see the, what is it, the USFL and the XFL, they're merging now. So they got the one spring league. I think ideally, now I know that they're separate from the NFL, but in a perfect world, the NFL would rather have a development league on North American soil. It just, you know, there's way less travel for your scouts, for everybody involved. So um, I could see the NFL, like considering what the NBA has done with the G League and how they partnered up and how it's worked. The NHL has the American League. Major League Baseball has tons of minor league systems, right? Massive amounts. I I think it would make sense for the NFL to do it. I'm not sure they would do it. That's the uh, thing. But going to Europe, to me, would make no sense. I wouldn't do it. Final question for you guys. It was on this day in 1983 that Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney released Say, Say, Say. So what is your favorite collaboration musically of all time? That's tough. There's so many out there. Um, you, when you think of country, I think of uh, when I was kind of getting into Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake did a nice little skit together at the CMA Awards 2015. Um, I like the Chronic 2001 with Dr. Dre, Snoop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eminem. Uh, I, I, I'll probably go with that one. I'll go with uh, Dre, Snoop. It's pretty good. I am. Uh, I'm gonna go just because I really like the uh, the song. I'm gonna go uh, Daft Punk when they were with Pharrell. Now Rogers, get lucky. I like that song, so I'll go with that one. Cons, what about you? I mean, all time kind of a classic between the two genres. Uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith. This Walk This Way oh, was yeah. a was a big one. But uh, for two of my artists that I like a little bit more personally. It wasn't a major song, but I, I enjoy it. Uh, Mac Miller and Lil Wayne, The Question. Probably not as popular as uh, the ones you guys dropped, but it's a good song. Yeah. 
Well, you could go uh, Islands in the Stream if you're looking for a classic collaboration. <laughs> hey, That's a come on. It's a, it's a killer. Who who doesn't uh, like a little Islands in the Stream, right? It was a great... And sometimes those type of cheesy ballads are better, right? So it makes it works out. Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, come on. It's, it's hard not to get you in the mood, right? Mm. On a Saturday night, put a little fire on. Oh, and see Brownie and Wendy just staring at each other's eyes, singing just, that song. You've probably done that in karaoke, eh, Brownie? Just gaze at each other. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Have you ever done karaoke? You know what's funny? My wife, actually, if she's watching right now, she'd be laughing because we have a karaoke machine in our basement. And so... I, <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> Really? So how often is, uh, is Brownie on the, uh, on the karaoke machine? Not a ton, but there are times that I do go down there because my daughter, when we were younger or when she was younger, that was one of the things that we used to do is go down and sing together. Obviously, now that she gets older and she's too cool, she's she's too cool for dad right now. But I, you know, I try and drag her down there every once in a while. I call it uh, Sean Brown's Fun House. So uh, what is your like if you had one go to that you're like, you know what? I'm very confident we go in public. I'm going to do quite well. On the karaoke machine. I don't know if I, I, I'm not ready for, to get in front of people and do it. Um, you've never, so what, you have karaoke at home, but you've never been in a bar and sang karaoke? No, no. I just do it in front of my family. Yeah. So what's your best one? What, if I said right now, Brett, we're having a bet. You lost the bet. Next Friday, we're going out to Rosie's for, uh, karaoke night. What song are you singing? You're putting me on the spot yeah. right now, and I'm, yeah, dry, I'm, right. dry, I'm, dry, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I got, I have it, I have it on a USB stick at home. Um, Just say yeah, it right a, now. What's the course? A, a little bit of Elvis at times. Oh, um, wow. What's the John Travolta? Grease uh, Lightning. Grease Lightning. Oh, uh, yeah. That's kind of what um, little Johnny Cash. Mm. Those are easy. Okay. Those are. Mm. Those are a few. I have a, I have a range. Well, this is good to know. Good to know because we've had lots of people wondering if we'd ever bring. We used to do a karaoke contest on the show. It was unbelievable. We we had listeners and they would send in demo tapes, and we would pick the ten best, and then we'd have like a karaoke contest. The winner won a thousand bucks, and we had a few celebrity people mixed in. You would be one of our guest celebrities. Pressure. Yeah, well, you'd have chance to uh, to do it. Now, what about your wife? Does she like karaoke? Oh, no, she just sits there and laughs. Yeah. So Wendy would never do Come on, she, Wendy. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Yeah, she sits there and laughs. Just think and, it's Dante's. Yeah. You know, you got to step to the plate. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know what? It's this. My dad has that skill. My dad sings, loves singing in front of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I was a big disappointment disappointment <laughs> to him when I came back. When I came back, my my uh, my uncles and all these family members were all singing in the garage. My dad's trying to get me up there, and me and my brothers just sat on our hands. No singing, eh? Just embarrassing. Oh yeah, you're in the NHL, whatever, but you can't sing. Well, hey, yeah, you know that's fair. Brownie, have a good one. We will uh, chat with you next week. Thanks. That's uh, Sean Brown, closet karaoke. We'll get we'll get him on their stage. We'll get him on the stage. Let's get to. Uh, Con Man and a Sports Center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. I'll tell you right now, true. Ryan and the fellas at Edmonton Kubota, oh, they love the karaoke machine. It's like their best friend. You might not like it, but they love it. Only good news is their sales are better than their karaoke singing. Right now, 0% financing, 84 months on all compact BX tractors at edmontonkubota.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.